Hello, everyone. Welcome to Terrace Talk. My name is Connor Southwell. Um, we're, we're going to be joined by fan from uh, a Norwich fan and a Bournemouth fan as we look ahead to this weekend's clash between the two relegated clubs, of course, both um, adapting to life in the Championship. Both have sort of remarkably similar records, actually, as we go into this weekend. But both clubs have adopted very different um, approaches to how they tackle um, attempting to get back to the Premier League, as we'll touch upon uh, during the next half an hour or so. Um, make sure if, if you're watching this across Facebook, Twitter or YouTube to, to get your comments across. We'll try and get through as many as we can um, whilst we, we chat to the guys about the coming weekend. Uh, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by uh, Sean Agalia Page. Have I got that right, Sean? Oh, yeah, no, that'll do. That's brilliant. That's better than my first attempt, so I'll take yeah. that. Um, <laughs> and also joined uh, by Bournemouth fan uh, Dan, and he he's also on YouTube as uh, Giron, who's a, a YouTuber, 60,000 plus subscribers. So delighted to welcome you on, Dan. Um, Sean, before we talk about football, I'm, I'm intrigued because there'll be a lot of people who've just heard that name and like me, when when I uh, f- when you first came on, went, oh, is that Irish? Um, but it turns out it's a little Where bit more Irish. From? Is, it, is it the Galia bit? Yeah, I think it probably is. I think it's it's the EA. I think that makes it sound a little bit Irish. <laughs> you can make it into anything you want. I've had all sorts over the years, but it's uh, yeah, it's Galia Parch, and it's uh, it's Maltese uh, from from the fine exotic island that is Malta. Uh, really lovely place, actually. And I'm gonna probably sound like I'm some sort of travel rep. Not that anyone can go travelling anywhere anytime soon, um, but it's uh, it's lovely in the uh, summer months. It really comes into its own. Around this time of the year, actually. So if anyone ever gets a chance, maybe next year, uh, I do do uh, recommend checking it out. There you go. The the Maltese uh, tourist board are going to be very pleased with, with your work this evening. Uh, <laughs> you uh, money for that, shouldn't <laughs> Yeah, you should. You should, absolutely. It's worth noting as well, Sean is, is an Norwich fan and is also part of uh, My Football Writer as well. So you can you can read his work over there. Um, Dan, welcome to, to Terrace Talk. Thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, That's right. I'd like to, to kick things off with you, really, in terms of, um, Bournemouth and, and how you see things. Obviously, both clubs have have been relegated from the Premier League. How have Bournemouth sort of approached trying to get back at the first time of asking? Obviously, Eddie Howe has, has left, which has been quite a, a a sort of massive development in terms of of you guys. But in the overall sort of approach to things, how how have you guys sort of stacked up in in your opening two games? Well, first of all, um, I think that it's it's a weird feeling for a Bournemouth fan, uh, especially you know the rise we've had. It's I think we're. It's incredible that we've had five years in the Premier League, um, despite coming down. And yeah, no, it's. Um, we knew we were going to lose players coming down. Um, we've uh, lost a handful of our top players. That was just inevitably going to happen. Um, I think we've got to make a couple more signings. Um, like, uh, but obviously, if we we've still got Josh King, David Brooks, uh, who are. I think if we did manage to keep both of them, would be better than any signing we could get, um, both really talented. Um, but yeah, no, our, our start to the season, the first two games, I watched both of them, uh, obviously didn't go to the ground with everything going on. <laughs> um, but it's, we, our performances were relatively poor, I would say. I mean, enough to get four points, um, but nowhere near the standards we should be, um, we should be doing a, a for the players we have, because I think on paper we have, you know, we've we've got a team that should be looking to get uh, at very uh, at very least um, playoffs. Uh, I think that's a that's the minimum we've got to ask. Um, against Blackburn, we have that uh, sort of classic Bournemouth mentality of uh, we're going to score more than you, three uh, two win. Uh, Blackburn played very well. Um, I think 
we had a uh, actually all of our goals are really nice goals. Uh, Jack Stacy, um, which I believe was his first goal for the club, um, bagging the first one, and uh, Dan Juma sealing it off um, after a, a Lerma strike. Um, and then Middlesbrough, who, um, yeah, I think we were lucky to get a point from um, in certain aspects. Uh, I think a, a draw was probably a fair reflection, it, uh, but we easily could have lost that game. Uh, we we ha- we did have an opportunity to get a goal at the end, but Middlesbrough just, um, they, they were pressing very hard, which you'll notice with Blackburn as well. Um, they don't give you a lot of time in the championship. It's, you know, pressing you. And yeah, it's 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 difficult. Uh, I think it's going to be a difficult season, but um, I think there's much more promising things to come in the future, future games. Yeah, Sean, there's there's plenty of parallels between these two clubs and, and there's been plenty of parallels to how they've both started the season, both on four points. But equally, what, what Dan has said there about Bournemouth, you could probably say about Norwich City as well in terms of four points, but maybe not brilliant performances. No, exactly that. Um, and the fact that we've both got four points, it just goes to show that you know, we can get results, you know, despite not having played very well. And that was a big factor for us last season. You know, we played well, but we didn't get any results. Um, so the fact that, you know, it's, it's changed around and flipped it on its head, which, you know, is, is perfect. And it's, Daniel Fart needed a strong start. I think it was pretty obvious the way we ended last season that we needed to get points on the board and we needed to get them quickly. Um, so it's nice that, you know, we've done that. We've not played brilliantly in, in either. I think we've had good periods, but I don't think we've played brilliantly in either game um, as well as the uh, the cup games that's three games um, so it's nice to see that you know we're you know got a good start you know four points out of six I think if you ask most Norwich fans I think they'd be pretty happy with that at the start of the season um, and I think that there's definitely room to to grow as well and um, you know I, I think this game the weekend I think is going to be you know a big sort of indication of where we both are um, because you know Bournemouth and Norwich very very similar both got different different approaches in the sense that Norwich has signed 10 or 11 players and Bournemouth haven't signed anyone yet um but you know it, it will be a clear indication of sort of where the teams are because they're they're very similar on paper yeah they are um I will uh, uh we'll, we'll sort of dissect the, the teams and, and and different sort of talking points I guess throughout the next sort of half an hour or so um, but before we do I think obviously we, we have to get your guys perspective as supporters on the news this week that of course after those pilots which both teams were involved with on, on sort of different um, levels last weekend uh, they've actually been postponed the the fans coming back to stadiums as many people hoped would be the case in October that's now not going to happen and um, Dan, let's let's come to you first because your your side was obviously on quite an interesting end of the the pilot scheme in the terms of you went into a ground with opposition supporters and a thousand of them. How did you find that dynamic? And um, I guess how disappointed are you that that news has come through this week? That okay, many of us were were probably expecting, but that doesn't make it any less disappointing. How what's your reaction to that? I guess that that we won't be seeing fans in the ground for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's obviously, um, it's really disappointing. Um, there's nothing more I want than just to go down to Dean Court, watch a game. It's just, and I think it is necessary. I don't think that they, you know, with everything going on at the moment, I don't think it was it was possible to get them uh, back in October, especially with winter coming. I don't think that's possible, but it's still, it still hurts us just as much. Um, I say it like, Bournemouth are, I'd say, have that sort of family club feel to them. Um we 
So not having fans, especially in our home games, I think really hurt us, especially um, in the Premier League after the restart. Um, I think it's affected a lot of fans, uh, a lot of clubs, sorry, in, in different ways. Um, I think the bigger clubs probably, not in all cases, but I think the bigger clubs uh, haven't necessarily found it as difficult. I think it's yeah, a lot of the time it's uh, often the smaller clubs um, in the Premier League and the Championship that have uh, found it a lot harder. You know, they those the, those uh, you know those supports they have uh, can really be the difference between you know zero points, one point, three points, um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 annoying, but you know, it's necessary. Yeah, and I expect there'll, there'll probably be a bit more sort of toing and froing as as we go through through the next couple of days. Obviously, there's talks yeah. about a, a financial package, which is is going to be really important, isn't it, to clubs, particularly clubs who aren't in the Premier League and who probably aren't in Norwich's and, and Bournemouth situation of of possessing those parachute payments. Yeah, no, it's um, it's, it's this whole uh, pandemic has been really really tough um, on everyone, you know. Um, economically especially for clubs um i know uh, in bournemouth's case i saw an article uh, i think it was a month or two ago um the uh, a lot of our staff um have uh, been made redundant we haven't been there as i'm pretty sure it's the same with a lot of other clubs it's um and yeah it's it's uh you know which um i'm not sure about um transfers you know um obviously you've got the manchester united sancho uh, transfer it's still um, still a lot of money. Obviously, the small club is going to be affected more. You know, the actual uh, going to games is uh, is you know how much money are they going to uh, a club's going to lose from that? Especially uh, some of the smaller clubs that um, rely a lot a lot on those um, ticket sales. Obviously, they have um, Sky has agreed um, to broadcast the games alongside with the clubs. Um, which is some money, but, you know, nothing in comparison, because obviously when you go to a game, you know, food is purchased, the tickets brought, any merchandise that's bought there, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, Sean, we've we've obviously seen Norwich sort of announce, uh, like they did last month, that they were sort of bracing themselves for a, a £12 million loss, which probably was on the, the lower end of the spectrum to certainly the figure we were initially given at the start of a football shutdown. Does it give you reassurance that Norwich are in a, a fairly decent financial state going through the current situation? Because there are plenty of clubs who probably, if there is no financial package to come, and we certainly hope that there is one from, from the government, that probably will struggle to survive. Does it give you reassurance as a Norwich City fan that that probably won't be the case at, at this club? We are very fortunate. Um, you know, there's so many different clubs that are in such worse positions than we are. Um you know, we're in, we're in a great position and we have assets to sell as well with, you know, the ability to not accept any bid that comes along. You know, as we've seen with Jamal Lewis, the money wasn't right with, with Liverpool um, and we waited it out. Um, you know, we I think in years gone by, we would have been forced, our hand would have been forced and uh, we would have been, you know, had no other option. Um, but it, it just goes to show that, you know, we, we can be a little bit more selective over certain things and, it makes all the difference, particularly in this market where maybe clubs, um, maybe other clubs, they're, they're kind of forced into um, making deals that maybe they don't really want to do. But they kind of feel, well, they've not got any other choice because other clubs might um, switch target targets and go for someone else, as as was the case with Lewis. Because, you know, if, if Liverpool was the only suitor, then would have missed that boat. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Newcastle came along and offered us more and 
really it, it proved us right that we, we could have waited and got that money. Um, so yeah, we it does reassure me as a Norwich fan that you know we do have that ability to be very selective over who we want to um, let go. Um, but you know, it's the the, pro- the most important thing is that it's done right by the club. Yeah, absolutely, and and we'll certainly see um, we'll certainly see what happens from here in terms of supporters and stadiums. Although I do know that Norwich City were very proud and very pleased with how last week's event went, and I know that there's certainly a sense of disappointment for those who put in so much hard work um, last weekend that those sort of pilot events and we won't see fans back into grounds. There's there's certainly shame. disappointment yeah. about that. It's it, it's a, it's a massive shame because it, that that event last week should goes to show just how well executed it was um you know they the, the ground staff worked so hard to make sure that everyone was um because i saw that I, would, I wasn't one of the lucky ones to go but i saw just the effort you know on, on the socials just just how much hard work was going into making sure that everyone was safe and um by all intents and purposes it was it was a success you know i didn't i didn't think there was any issues so you know obviously it's a wider issue it's not anything that norwich that you can control um and it's just, just, it's just a shame that we can't have any more of those events um, anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, n- I know Norwich are, are ready. If uh, if a decision does get reversed, if this six month period does get shortened, if if a vaccine does become available or, or circumstances change to hold a game um, of between one thousand and eight thousand. So hopefully that will be the case. Um, right. Let's let's move on to the, to the football then. Um, I want to speak to you guys about this idea of a relegation hangover. We, we hear it a lot, don't we, after, um, and Norwich fans have, have heard it probably more than most in recent years uh, with, with the relegations they've suffered. Um, Dan, let's come to you first because you're in kind of a new position with Bournemouth. They have obviously been fairly sustained in the Premier League, fairly consistent in terms of how they finished last year. They did fall short. They did get relegated. How are the club dealing with that so-called hangover? Have you have you seen that? I mean, you, you said performances haven't been great, but is there a feeling perhaps of a, a, a little bit of a, a hangover in, in the squad and in the club? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think it's because obviously this is a completely new uh, experience for us. We've never been in the Premier League and obviously never been relegated from the Premier League. This is the first time I've ever experienced relegation at all as a Bournemouth fan. We've had gone through hard times, but we've actually I've never seen us being relegated. So it's a weird feeling for a lot of fans as well um, being relegated. But um, it's weird. I I think a lot of it is it, as weird as it sounds, is affected by not being at the stadium, no fans there, everything. I I think I saw some uh, Bournemouth fan tweet about it. It it still feels like some friendlies. It doesn't feel like a new season has almost started. Obviously, you know, you know it has, but it's, 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 it's got that weird feeling around it. And I'm, I'm, you know, we've, we, as I said, we've never, never really lose, lost a lot of players, a lot of our good players, um, uh, and we 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 started because I was I was quite looking forward to um, this season actually. Um, one of uh, being one of the the better clubs in the league, um, and despite obviously straight after lockdown, um, of after the the restart, sorry, um, from the Premier League, uh, we you know we started off terribly, awfully, um, but you know towards the end of that. Uh, we picked up some good results. Uh, obviously, four-one against Leicester. Uh, we beat Everton on the final day. Uh, we lost to Man City, but I think we had the most shots recorded against Pep Guardiola's Man City. Um, we're playing much better football. Solanke's picked up a lot of confidence from scoring his double at Leicester. Um, we've got a, a lot of young players coming through. I think, as much as there's some negatives, I feel like this is a, a rebuild of the club. I feel like this is going to be a completely new chapter. Um, uh, you know, 
We've got a new manager in. Obviously, um, there was an assistant before. Uh, so obviously, it's 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 horrible that um, and it's it's that Eddie Howe has left. Um, the reasons for that we don't know fully. It was it was said it was by mutual consent. Whether that was completely true, whether it was more one sided, or uh, you know, we'll never know. Um, the worst case scenario was obviously Eddie was unwell or you know or anything like that. But um, having JT come in with his own ideas, um, he was obviously uh, well. He was uh, uh, in charge of a lot of our set pieces. Uh, routines and I think we we've always been very good in the Premier League at set pieces. We've scored, always been up there in the list of uh, goals scored from set pieces. Um, and yeah, we've we've got a lot of players with confidence. We've got a lot a lot of players that want to play for the club because we've we've had this rise. We've got a lot of players that are very loyal to the club that have been here for many many years. Even some players that have come through um, the rise from almost minus seventeen through that journey. We've picked up many players that have played in this league before, played in the League One even. Um, so we've got a lot of we've got that experience, and we've got a, a lot of good youngsters. We've got uh, Jaden Anthony, young uh, winger, looks really promising. Um, we've got um, yeah, we've got some really good players. We've got Sam Surridge, who was um, very good in the championship when he went on loan. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to the season, um, and I think that I think the club is 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 fully committed to um, getting straight back up. So yeah, I'm excited. How how have you found that? sort of transition from from Eddie Howe and uh, to, to Jason Tindall because I think the the perception certainly from from outside the club is that maybe it's it's kind of a, a similar man coming in for for the old guy you know and, and we've seen it at Norwich yeah. before in terms of that sort of transition from an internal appointment what what have you what have you made of him so far and I mean you said there he's he's got new ideas how has he sort of distanced himself from perhaps what Eddie Howe did with the club yeah, so he he had an interview uh, when he first came to the club. He said, you know, I've got different ideas. I've got I'm not the same person. I'm not going to be an Eddie clone, um, which I like. Um, obviously, he's going to pick up a lot of experience and ideas from um, Eddie. Uh, he's had obviously he has had minimal first uh, you know first team manager experience as being you know the top gaffer. Um, but I think that he's I think he's going to do really well. I think he's um, he's got a good uh, got good staff behind him. Um, obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, Eddie Howe leaving is yeah, it, it's. I, I wouldn't. I don't know any Bournemouth fans that aren't gutted by the news, especially after the statement that came out um, from Bournemouth. They were like, uh, "Well, owner uh, Maxim Demin uh, was committed to getting uh, back to the Premier League," and we obviously initially thought well, that's got to be with Eddie. Then, but um, a few days later. Uh, or a week later, or however long it was, it was a very long week. The longer it went on, we thought, you know, he's he's, he's staying. Um, and yeah, it was it was strange news. And again, it all, it comes back to you know, no fans in the stadium as well. Um, so we haven't even been able to see. Like it's all good watching on uh, television, but actually being in the stadium um, with the new manager is completely different. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's strange. But um, I I do think that. Um, Jason will be uh, will be really good. He's got um, he's got some uh, good ideas, I think. Anyway, yeah, that's it's, it's certainly interesting to see how he progresses. Um, Sean, what what have you made of, of Norwich's approach? They've obviously gone in slightly a different direction to Bournemouth in terms of keeping the head coach, keeping Daniel Farker, and actually investing in a lot of new players. One of which is, of course, Primashev Poeta, who scored on 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 last Saturday and had for me a fairly sort of interesting. Game I, I felt before that miss, which was obviously quite 
I'm trying to put it politely, but it was a, a really poor it miss. Ended, it? Close yeah. Range, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of a diplomatic, polite way to put it, but I don't think And he did make up for it. And, and there's a comment from, from Facebook from Craig Brown who says uh, that Pochetta looks like a good attacking midfielder, good mi- business. I think he'll get 10 goals this season. And then Ben has followed that up with uh, saying Ornell and Todd or Ida and Pochetta. Well, what have you made of that sort of attacking? I guess, quartet or, or free behind Timu Puki and, and how effective do you think they, they've been so far? Because I think, especially, and we'll talk about Kieran Dowell in a moment, but that Campwell and Dow partnership hasn't quite worked for me yet. No, I, I agree. I, I'm not overly set on that yet. Uh, how do you say it? Placetta, I'm, Placetta, I'm, I'm making the L a W. I'm going with it. I'm not sure if it's right. but um, Well, I'll say Placetta. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I like what I've seen of him so far, bar that miss. Um, the, the sheer pace that he had uh, for, you know, although he wasn't involved directly, that the sheer pace that he had against Huddersfield, where he ran all the, the whole length of the pitch, it seemed. Um, and it just goes to show, like, how quick he really is. Like, you'd, you'd seen videos, because um, I'm still one of those that goes on YouTube before, uh, just after so- you see a new sign-in sign and, and still see kind of who, you, who you're really signing. And I know you can't really get a, a good look at really that, because they're only really the highlights. But um, when we signed Hugo, I... Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, certainly interesting to, to, to see what, the, what they're going to be like. But, um, yeah, the, the, the Dowell, the Dowell Campwell thing, it, it, it doesn't really work for me. They, they're picking up too many similar positions, um, it seems, and they, they sort of like get in the way of each other. Um, so now that he is, um, obviously, you know, the news, and we can come on to that in a second, um, out for the next three months, you know, um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens there, whether Wendia comes straight in, whether... Campwell goes central and Placetta comes on the left. Um, there's a there's a whole load of new dy- dynamics there, um, and I think that you know it could potentially work better because at the moment it just it seems a little bit you know confused as to who's going where and and who's making which runs. Um, but you you know it is only two games into the season. You, you know there's there's just so many different signings that have come in. There needs to be time for them to gel and and click um, because. It's been such a quick turnaround that they probably haven't really had that time yet. So it's a shame in a way that Dowell is now out for, for the next three months because, you know, they're only going to get better with time and more of an understanding. And it, as well, because of that transfer, um, the transfer window still being open for another three weeks, it's still hanging over. People don't know who's coming or who's going still. So it's, it's such a difficult situation, particularly with the extended window this year. Um and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Buendia, um, you know, if he, if he comes back into the fold on, on Sunday or if he's from the bench um, and really see what Fark does, because he's definitely got a conundrum there. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think the, the key word there or, or the key phrase there from you in terms of the different options, and, and that's something that Daniel Farker simply didn't have last year, is it? We didn't and, have it, and, we didn't have it at and, all. Do you, do you and, remember, I know we had injuries as well, but do you remember against um, Manchester City last year, we had two goalkeepers on the bench, didn't we? And you know, we didn't we didn't have we didn't have the strength and depth, and and that was a that was one of our biggest issues. I think last season we didn't really have anyone to come on and change the game. I think we had Onel as the only pace option of the of the outlet that would provide real pace. This year we've got Potessa involved and and Ida to come on, and whether he's going to play out wide, it's it's so very interesting. And even Jordan Hugo, you know, I I, I don't really know what he's been brought in to do so far. What kind of role he'll have? Will he be um, sort of direct backup for, for Timu? Is he the third option behind Ida? Is Ida going to play on the wing? 
um, it's all it's also very interesting um, because when he when he originally signed, I, th- I thought, oh well, maybe he'll come straight in. You know, there was a lot of you know, spent a lot of money on him. There was a lot of talk about him. He, you know, he did really well in the friendlies. A lot of talk about him, and he thought maybe well he he might even start ahead of Pookie. But you know, Pookie, I think was that was our leading man and still is. You know, and he, he assisted for the goal against Huddersfield and scored. That was a, that was important for him to score, I think, at the weekend um, because it had been a long time coming. Um, you know, a, a league goal, and you know, well, I know we've got a bit lucky um, with with Declan Rudd making a mistake. We've never said that before, have we? <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um, no, I, I, you know, it's, it was important for him, and um, you know, hopefully, it will go from strength to strength and, and go on a bit of a run as well. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Kieran Dow, uh, the, the club confirmed today, out for between twelve to fourteen weeks uh, after having a, a, an operation on some ankle ligament damage. Of course, went off last Saturday after a, a fair challenge by Ben Davis, but I think he, he just got his ankle caught, didn't he? Which, um, which is which is bad news. So uh, we we certainly wish Kieran a, a speedy recovery, and hopefully we'll we'll see him back soon. No doubt, he'll be looked after by the the fitness guys, and they have been known to uh, to get players back a, a bit sooner than than perhaps they've originally been sort of. Um, or the time frame they've originally been given. So let's hope that's the case with Kieran. Um, Dan, I, I want to come to you because both clubs have obviously come down from the Premier League and the nature of that, as you touched upon right at the start, I think in, in your opening answer, is that players leave, players get linked continuously with, yeah. with moves. You guys have obviously seen Nathan Ake depart, who's probably been the most high-profile departure. But yeah. how, how, have, how have, I guess, Tyndall and, and, and the club dealt with the speculation surrounding a, a, a lot of their sort of key talent this this summer I guess yeah I think um he's been very open about it um from what I've uh read in interviews he's been like you know we know we've got talented players we know we've got players that could play in the Premier League and if the right offer comes in you know it'll be hard to turn it down obviously we want to keep these players um and I think a, a lot of players um obviously a lot of our, our player uh the players have already left um wanted to leave I still think Brooks and King probably do want to leave. Whether or not they'd be happy staying, I don't know. I think that King, he he was linked uh, to Man United during the January chance window and we blocked the move. Still incredible attitude uh, afterwards. Gave his own pretty much every single game. You know, top attitude. Um, Brooks, obviously, he had a a really bad injury last season um, that, you know, uh, was taking him out uh, right, uh, for all the games before the restart, um, and I think he's I think he's really coming back because if I'm going to be brutally honest, I think in the last games of the Premier League, he he wasn't a fifty million pound player at all. That we which is what we want for him. If he well, what I think we want for him uh, from what I've read, um, no, he, he's he's not worth. He wasn't worth that much. Obviously, he's coming back from an injury. And I think he, he started to show glimpses of um, obviously his incredible uh, season when he joined the club. Um, and but at the moment, I think he's got to prove himself. You know, if he does want to move, if he doesn't want to move, he's got to, he's got to put some good performances in. And uh, he obviously um, he's played in a couple of games. He played in the uh, the last league game and uh, the cup game against Crystal Palace, uh, which we won on penalties. Um, but yeah, no, I think we've been very open. We know we've got good players. Um, we know that we we might probably uh, still lose uh, maybe one or two more. It's possible, but I think we we've got a lot of good players on paper. Even with like I was, I was saying to my dad that even you know even if we did on we know we had the the list of our top players that we thought you know they could. It's possible they could leave. 
even with all of those players uh, gone, we still have a very, very strong championship squad. We have um, players that really, really uh, excel in the championship. Our, our front man, Dominic Solanke, has uh, really, um, he's really adopted that uh, sort of number nine role. He's, um, he's he's been very good holding up the ball. We've got um, very very good wing options. We've got uh, we can play Brooks on the wing. We can play Dan Juma on the wing, who I think is is uh, one of the top top wingers in the league. Um, didn't really get much game time last season, but I think he's going to really excel this season. We've got Junior Stanislas been at the club for a very very long time. Uh, great on free kicks. Uh, great uh, assister. So yeah, no, we um, I think um, yeah, we we've been quite open about everything. Um, and, uh, you know, whether there's another signing, um, another player we're going to lose, um, you know, it, it's possible, but um, we've just got to hope for the best. Yeah, and, and in terms of looking at your departures, obviously three very high-profile ones, Ake, who I mentioned, Callum Wilson to Newcastle and, yeah. and Aaron Ramsdale as well. Is it mm-hmm. is it useful from, from Bournemouth's perspective that those deals have gone through fairly early in terms of the start of the season and perhaps you're not in the position that Norwich find themselves in where they still have these players and there is that uncertainty surrounding them and of course that leads to questions from fans of well what's their mindset do they really want to be here you know those those sort of elements does yeah. it help form of the fact that, that those deals have gone through already I, I think so yeah I think we were lucky that even if um, those three deals which I'm not surprised have uh, gone through even if they hadn't or uh, one or two of those players were still at the club, I think they're all, especially Ramsdale, he really cares about the club. Nathan Ake really cares about the club. Callum Wilson really cares about the club. They've been, um, especially uh, Wilson and Ake, been at the club for quite a while now. Ramsdale had a great um, great attitude. Um, I think if he, we'd stayed up and we kept him, he was a future captain and really cared about the club. Um, and all three of those players, there was no bad bloods. Um, we won't speak about Ryan Fraser. Um, that's another situation. <laughs> but um, for those three players, um, really good attitudes. And yeah, I think it's I think it's important for any club to you know you want like you want those players whether they're it's a bad it's bad blood or, or you know whether they want to leave or they're going to leave. I think it's important that you get rid of them um, as soon as you can, really. And because there's no point then you know coming in for maybe a couple games at the start of the season and then leaving it, it, it just seems pointless. And you want to have that positive, you want to have that dressing room that, you know, all players committed, so there's no speculation. Um, and obviously with uh, the transfer window eating into the start of the season as well, there's going to be that uncertainty for a while um, for until the transfer window is closed. But um, yeah, no, it's um, both King and uh, Brooks that, that are potentially uh, still up for sale. Um, I'm happy for them to start though. They've because um, it's it's very fifty fifty with them both, and they've both got uh, good attitudes, in my opinion. Mm, that that leads us nicely, Sean, onto uh, onto Mr. Max Aaron's, and he's he's been linked to a small club. I'm not sure if you've heard of them uh, called, called FC Barcelona. So uh, I'm 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 just going to ask you uh, Harvey's question on Facebook, which is uh, what's going on with Max? It's a good question, Connor. Who knows what's going on with Max? It's just it. I don't really understand the whole the whole deal that was being reported, if I'm honest. Um, the loan option with with no obligation to buy, it made absolutely no sense at all. And, and you know, everyone has been quite rightly outraged at that, um, much to the, you know, confusion of the national media who thinks that we should just jump and accept any offer that any big club throws at us for our players. And, and that always just 
confuses me because I'm like, well, what are we actually getting out of that? Yeah, okay, we get his wages off the wage bill for for a year, but you know, it's it's almost like a, a try before you buy, and you you know they can just return him to to us in a year and. And that's it then, you know, we've got a player that has been at Barcelona for a year and doesn't probably want to be back in at Norwich, particularly if we don't go up. And and that makes absolutely no sense. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting one for sure. And, you know, what a crazy world 2020 is where a Norwich City player is linked with Barcelona anyway. Like, just think about it even probably four or five years ago. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, and even... Can you can you imagine like ten or fifteen years ago when or fifteen years ago when Darren Huckabee, our star player at the time, would he be ever linked with Barcelona? No, and it's it, what it is is a sign of how far we've come as a club, I think, and it's it's just incredible. And is he probably good enough? For, yeah, he probably is good enough for Barcelona. That just goes to show how good of a player he is. He, he's a fantastic player, and you know I've seen that Barcelona today. They've sold um, Nelson Semet. Mate, I'm really bad. I should be good at pronunciation. Should, should know sure, with your last name, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Nelson Semedo, they've, they've sold him today for you know circa thirty million. You know they've got a bit. I know they've they've struggled with, with financially a little bit, but they're still obviously a massive name, and they've got that money now from from Nelson. So you know there's there's the money there. But I just wonder, is it a smokescreen for someone else? I see that they're linked with Dest, and you know obviously Liverpool when they came in for Lewis, they went after and got someone else. Is it is it to sort of drum up in it a bit of an interest in in Dest and, and Aaron's and sort of play off, you know, between the two clubs to sort of drive the price down. That's what I wonder. I wonder are they trying to get a lower fee for um, for Dest from Ajax um, by saying, you know, if we don't, if you know, not going to let us, maybe Ajax need the money more than us, for example. If you're not going to let us get Dest, then we'll go go for Max. So it's you know, it's it's very interesting when you see sort of the dynamics of it all and and how clubs, you know do their business and I think what upset Norwich fans really was because it was on the morning of the game wasn't it I think if it was you know today for example you see that out it's like oh, okay well you know you know there's there's potential here but I think to do it on the morning of the game um it just wasn't it just didn't sit right did it um because you know Max obviously would have been you know when he played to his credit he did fantastically well he would have never have known that he was linked with, with Barcelona um because he nearly scored two goals as well didn't he so um, you know, it, it's just, it was just annoying. I think the way it was done, um, but it's, it's certain, you know, you could never deny him a move. And if Barcelona came with an offer of 20, 25 million, I don't think Norwich would reject that. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an ever moving situation. I don't think we've heard the end of it. No, I, I would, I would be inclined to, to agree with you. Yeah, you've teamed me up nicely. I'm, I'm going to write something, um, for tomorrow about why Barcelona have decided to to perhaps move for a loan when when perhaps that's not the the move that many Norwich fans would associate. I've seen a lot of comments of well, if they if they want him, they've got to pay up, and and uh, I'll do my best to explain that in in tomorrow's piece. I won't go into it now, but as of yeah. yesterday, as of the information that we have, it's it seems like there's there's certainly no agreement between the clubs, as has been reported elsewhere. Um, what is the point think, of an obligation to buy, though, in your opinion, Connor? Why would a, why would a club? I get that for the for the big. Um, players, obviously, for example, like Mbappe for financial fair play. But w- what is the point with a with a fee like that, where you know Barcelona could afford twenty million, for example? Why would they wait a year and then and then pay it? 
Well, I, th- I think because of the current situation we we find ourselves in, I think they're they're clearly having a, a find themselves restrained a little bit in terms of financially. And I think you're right. I think the Nelson Semedo deal will help them in terms of funds. Mm. But I think from Norwich's perspective, an obligation to buy actually may be more favourable than a permanent deal because actually they may stand to get a bit little bit more than if they were to sell him yeah. permanently for for let's say eighteen million in a, in a deal that was structured to take it to whatever amount because mm-hmm. if you include a loan fee and you include all the clauses and whatnot then eventually you, you could work yourself up to a deal that that could be um, a lot more beneficial for them but of course the, yeah. the caveat to that is they have the uncertainty and of course they have the sort of risk I guess that he performs really well Barcelona win mm-hmm. the La Liga title he gets put in the England squad and then suddenly in a year's time he's worth double what he's what he's worth now so well, it's, it's a Barcelona probably will be in the England squad yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, there, there is that risk that you talked about there because that, that obligation is so important because if if Norwich don't get that, then they, they simply do not have the, the funds to, to probably enough of the funds to probably delve in and, and sign a replacement right back. And equally, that would mean that Max Aarons is still with the club. And you're right, if he did come back, there, there is the uncertainty of how he would feel about being back at Norwich. So, yeah, I, I do think it's perhaps a little bit of a smoke screen, as we saw with Jamal Lewis. And um, I don't think Norwich fans were, were the only ones unhappy with, with the, the fact that that information came to light on Saturday morning. I think they're, the club were, were equally as disappointed. Uh, but from an agent's perspective, if a Barcelona is interested in your client, then uh, it probably Absolutely, serves you yeah. best to, to tell as many people as possible. Right, let's uh, let's look ahead to, to Sunday's game then um, because Max Aaron's will, I'm sure, resolve itself. We've still got what a, a, a few weeks left in the window, so uh, we can we can part that for now unless anything new comes to light. Um, Dan, how, how do you view this game? You, you sort of said to me off record that this is one that you think is, is absolutely pivotal in terms of the championship title race, which seems bonkers to say three games into a season, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I know. I think... Um... Early on, my I think my prediction. Um, I don't know if I'm being optimistic by saying that Bournemouth are title contenders. Uh, I've watched a few prediction videos on YouTube. It's a mixed. It's, it seems to be sort of like Bournemouth are up there, third or the fifteenth. It's it's not sort of um. It's it, you know there's a bit of uncertainty, which is understandable. This is the first time it's ever happened to the club, um, and I think this is going to be a crucial game. Um, obviously. If, if we were in the Premier League, I, I would have said, you know, this, this is a game that we should be getting three points from. Obviously, we're in the Championship now. I think this is a early six-pointer, if you want to call it that. Um, if you if you consider both of these teams are going to be up there, um, this is going to be crucial. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be, um, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a lot of goals. Um, and yeah, I think it'll be a, a good game. Sean, how, how do you see this going from from a Norwich perspective? It's a really difficult challenge going to to a, a sort of relegated club, isn't it? When, as Dan said, there the expectations perhaps are, are quite high for both clubs, and it it kind of feels like both clubs are in a position where, as as we talked about at the top of the show, the performances haven't been great. Is it going to be sort of a a lay down your marker sort of game for for if any team can come out on on, on top of this one? I think it's going to be a in- really interesting game, to be honest, and I think it will tell us a lot over how both teams will sort of set up for the rest of the season because, you know, this is both teams' biggest test of the season so far, and I know we are only three games in. Um, so I think it will be, you know, very interesting and, and really, you know, showcase what we can expect. Um, I think we've had pretty, I think we've had a pretty good record of um, going against Bournemouth over the last few years. Particularly, I think last season we obviously won 1-0, and nil-nil, I think we drew the other game, didn't we? Um, 
so you know, I I think I don't know how much you can go against recent form, particularly with the, the head-to-head. But um, you know, we've always done all right, um, and I'm I'm thinking it will be a game with lots of goals, as Dan said. Um, you know, I think both teams will have a go, and I think we have to. You know, I I, I think it's important that we do sort of go for them really, and 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 have a good go at, at trying to get three points. Um, I think a draw away is never a bad result. Um, so I can see, I can see, um, I can see it being a, quite an open game with with both teams really wanting to sort of set down, set a marker down, and, and showcase to the to the rest of the division, um, you know, what they're really all about. There's only one place to to end them, really, guys, and and that is with the the dreaded score predictions. Some people love them, some people hate them. Uh, Sean, I'll, I'll come to you first. There's putting your Norwich City supporting hat on. How do you see this game going, and and how do you think Norwich will get on? Um, I'm not going to be biased. I'm going to uh, I'm going to say what I what I generally do think. I think it's going to be a uh, a close fought game, um, and I think it's going to be a one one draw. Um, I can see if you want, really want me to be mystic, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll say I think I think we'll score early on, and I think we peg back um, late in the second half. And I think uh, Bournemouth will come back into it. So yeah, one one. Yeah, Colin's in a in a groove on Facebook. He says I'd I'd be happy with a draw this weekend. Um Dan, from from a Bournemouth perspective, uh, are you as optimistic? Would you would you take a point given, as you said there, the, the magnitude of the game, I guess? Yeah, I'm in agreement with Sean actually. I think my, I don't think it'd be one one, but I think it'd be two two. I think it I think it'll be a draw. I think um both teams have quality and I think we'll cancel each other out. Um and it'll be a yeah, a very open game. But yeah, two two. I'm not sure if I've decided if I think it's going to be three-three or, or nil-nil yet, given, <laughs> given what we're speaking about about defensive frailties. But, but we shall see. Um, Dan, where where can people find you if, if they want to check out your, your stuff? You're obviously on on YouTube. Um, talk to us a little bit about sort of what you do on there and, and how people can find you if they if they wish to. Uh, yeah, you can find me on YouTube uh, under Juron J U R O N. I've done a wide range of content uh, over there. Um, mainly doing football stuff now, uh, uh, in particular Bournemouth, um, sort of documentary style stuff on there, talking a, a bit more in depth about uh, certain football situations, certain football teams. And yeah, that's uh, pretty much what I'm doing at the moment. Yeah, some some really good stuff on there. So so well worth checking Dan out. And and Sean, uh, you're you're fairly new to my football writer, obviously a, a place I know well. Um, how, how are you finding that? And again, if people want to find you, where, where can they find you? Yeah, so I've got uh, two Twitter accounts, obviously one for uh, my writing and just one for my general football rants, really. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, one is uh, Journal Sean GP, and that's all my sort of works at my football writer and, and business stuff that I do. Um, and then there is uh, Sean GP01, which is my uh, my fun one. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, um, I'm enjoying it so far at my football writer. It's good to have a, a platform to um, sort of say how I really feel about Norwich um, because previously I was only really tweeting every now and again um, when I'm particularly frustrated with the team um, but you know it's nice to have a, a, a place where I can say what I really think and uh, and lots of people can can read it and, and respond to it I think that's that's the, the biggest draw with my football writer is that it's great to have um, some interaction and it's obviously a platform that people um, read in the Norwich space so it's um, it's fantastic to be to be involved. 
Absolutely. And all the guys over there do some some brilliant work, Sean included. Um, Gary Gowers, of course, heads it up and, and, and is, uh, is brilliant for for advice and, and any young writers sort of trying to find their way. Um, Pinker.com, the place to go for, for all of your, your pre-match, post-match, during-match content uh, from Dean Court on Sunday. It'll be me and, and, and Dave attending that. Um, it's it's going to be my first away game since Sheffield United back in March, if you can... Uh, if you can believe, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a very like you guys. I think it's going to be a very sort of closely fought game, and it's um, certainly going to be interesting to see where both teams are uh, in terms of sort of their respective um, approaches and and whatnot. Gents, thank you very much for joining me, uh, guys. Thank you very much for watching. This is the first time we've sort of trialled it, doing it live across all platforms. So if you enjoyed that, then then do let us know. Um, any feedback would be appreciated. Uh, this is of course available in 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 podcast form as well. So. Uh, if you're listening to this via a podcast, make sure you subscribe and uh, leave us a review as well. All the good stuff, you know what to do by now. Uh, Jens, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thank you very much for watching. Stay safe and we'll see you all again very, very soon.